You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> and good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the Bose Nose Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a really interesting time. You know, it was great to get away for a little bit in the COVID capsule, um, you know, and uh it's it's uh you know one of those things it's it's fun and really nice and when you're camping in an RV park like that you don't really have to interact with anybody if you don't want to and and we basically did not so felt really safe going out there during the the Delta variant and and uh and having our our fun uh, okay Harry I'll put you in the queue as soon as he's done yeah. I'll uh, he'll be right with you your mic's open there Robin. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, lots of went on while we were gone, and uh, you know, it's it's difficult to 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 say just how much um, goes on. And and what bothers me is is it seems like the concept of freedom and liberty is dying in this country, and it it. I see it happening regularly. And while I was gone, my board of commissioners took action to ban fireworks during fire season, which would have been okay if they had just gone to banning the use and discharge of fireworks, very similar to what the Oregon Department of Forestry does in the areas that they protect during fire season, because it would have just made all of Lane County under the same rules at the same time. Um, but they couldn't stop there. They had to go beyond that and also ban the sales and manufacture, which we do have somebody that manufactures fireworks, you know, that qualify under the, you know, this, this piece of code uh, in Lane County. So I'll be really interested the first time that they actually enact this ban if we don't end up with a lawsuit from that particular company. Um, and not to mention all the nonprofits that sell Fireworks or Bymart or Walmart Corporation um, that you know stock fireworks in the summertime, uh, you know, and they order them somewhere in the springtime, well before fire season. Whether we're going to, you know, be hit with a bunch of lawsuits, you know, to kind of pay for those folks' inventory uh, because we added those words sales and manufacture to, you know, it's like, and, and I warned our our board about that. We just don't seem to get the concept of freedom and liberty in this country. 
and, and you know, vaccines are another place we're seeing it and, and the various mandates. But before we get there, uh, I've got a caller on the line, and I, I believe I even probably know what he wants to talk to me about. Let's welcome Harry to the show. Harry, what's on your mind? Hey, Jay. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your viewpoints on freedom and liberty, and I, I think there are some things that we don't agree on, but you're definitely the closest thing to a voice of reason on the Lane County Board of Commissioners. So you know, as a society, I think we need to look at things that are important to agree on and where we can be more flexible in our increasingly rigid belief systems. So, Yeah, thank you for that. And so then I, you know, I know you spoke – yeah, I know you spoke to some of my, my concerns at the county commissioners, but in, in that three minutes, that's, that's limited. It's hard to get everything in. So, um, you know, I will say I'm, I'm not even mad that you accused me of uh, confirmation bias because you provided me a vocabulary to explain a lot of what I think the, the commissioner's blind faith in data being presented to the county commissioners. Um, a lot of that does seem to be com confirmation bias. And, uh, you know, you, you've expressed your faith in the vaccine, but I, I still have my doubts. If we look at the data, the cases peaked along with hospitalizations and deaths over the winter before vaccines were available. Since then, nearly two-thirds of our entire states received at least one shot, yet here we are in the middle of another wave of cases and hospitalizations. So it kind of feels like a cop-out to blame the unvaccinated. The narrative is designed to assign the blame and cast off uh, these individuals as selfish, if for nothing more than using up hospital capacity. But I referenced a recent study out of Israel showing natural immunity is superior to Pfizer-derived immunity, which would indicate that those with no vaccine can still be contributing to the health of the community if they've built up natural defense. So this highlights the importance of providing our community better data. And I'd, I'd really like to know why are hospitalizations only given in the binary breakthrough cases or otherwise considered unvaccinated? I'd like to know how many of those unvaccinated are truly unvaccinated, and, uh, you know, whether people are getting sick at an increased rate after the first or second shot, we wouldn't know from that data. Uh, and I've also asked multiple sources, none can verify, that fully vaccinated individuals aren't getting lumped in as unvaccinated if they don't fit the strict technical definition of a breakthrough case. Yeah, and, you know, I asked a very similar question to our, our public health people yesterday in the board meeting um, about that breakthrough statistic, uh, whether that was, in, you know, people with one shot or if that was definitely all shots plus two weeks um, that's considered to be fully vaccinated. And uh, their answer to that question was the, the number had been scrubbed, that the breakthroughs were fully vaccinated people, and that, that the, the in-betweens were, were considered unvaccinated. Uh, right, but, in, but we that, don't know, you know, what if those in-betweens are 80% of that unvaccinated? That that would skew the data, but we don't know that. We're not given that information. So that's where, you know, what, what's being provided by, by the experts is coming up short. That particular graph was only about cases. Now, we mm -hmm. have a different binary number that is the hospitalizations. And in that case, the partially vaxxed are being lumped in with the breakthroughs. You know, that's it. you have to really you're right. You have to dig and understand the numbers. But the, the hospitalizations are being reported out by the hospital staff based on what the patient or the patient's family reports their vaccination status is. And there's not enough time to go back and research when they actually got the shot, whether they got both doses and whether it's been two weeks since their last dose. So 
with and that that's one of the reasons why at least the numbers we're reporting in Lane County for vaccinated hospitalizations seem to be higher than the, the national average. We're reporting 15% of our hospitalizations are vaccinated people, when most of the country is reporting 90, uh, 10% or you know 90% unvaccinated, because um, they may be scrubbing the numbers better. Um, but we're in that case, it's definitive that that 85% have no vaccination at all. That they haven't been vaccinated. So there, you know, there's, in, in so in some ways, in that number on the hospitalizations, it's actually probably under, you know, it's it's definitely a good estimate of who who the unvaccinated people are. On the other side, it's on just the case count numbers. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> one of the you know, there's there's something about that that just doesn't sit right with me. And I, I don't want to take up your whole show talking about data here. I, I really appreciated the uh, public comment that was after mine. That was uh, from a fellow Jay, I, I guess, Jay McClure. Uh, and he brought up some yeah. great points about mental health risks exacerbated by the, the handling of COVID-19. And, um, you know, he talked about, well, why can't we have PSAs for, for healthier living options that would boost the collective health of our community? You know, we're, we're spending so much uh attention on on masks and vaccines but we're not talking about you know how can you just be healthier overall and i i would tie that in too uh we had uh the the state took some money that was supposed to be for education i believe and, and put it towards drug use in one of the uh the ballot measures on the on the last election and uh, i haven't seen anything come out of that i haven't seen any money spent on uh on uh drug intervention drug abuse resources and, you know, why do we spend so much money on, on COVID uh, PSAs? I haven't seen a single PSA cautioning about the use of hard drugs or, or how to, you know, how to make that uh, increase the quality of life in our community uh, in the face of legalizing any and everything under the sun. So, I, I yeah. don't know. It just seems like priorities are a little bit twisted in society right now. And, and everything, you know, when we're only talking about COVID all the time, we don't talk about any of these other issues like like homelessness or drug abuse that uh we could be putting more resources to yeah yeah and and you know i don't disagree with you that natural immunity is really a a a good thing but one of the things you know people have to understand is natural immunity takes some effort sad as a society um americans aren't making that effort you know you need to have good sleep hygiene and get your get the sleep you're supposed to have and and proper sleep. You you need to exercise on a regular basis. You need to you know cut down on your carbs and sugars and and eat you know the the right vegetables. Watch the certain you know protein sources and and meat and fats. Uh, you know so it's all sorts of things you can do to build your immunities up. But most Americans are unwilling to do that, which is one of the reasons why we have the obesity problems we have, the type 2 diabetes, uh, even the dementia and, and Alzheimer's are driven a lot by, by poor nutrition and, and other, other health habits. Uh, so I don't disagree with you that we really have a lot of work to do there that could really, you know, help with COVID and a whole bunch, whole slew of other issues <laughs> because, uh, you know, as listening to an interview with, with a, a doctor this morning about, um, you know, sugar and what it does to your brain. Uh, and, you know, it also adds to depression. You know, the, 
having too much sugar in your diet. So, you know, that, that's the mental health side of our, our problems. And as you think about people start self-treating for depression, then you get into the, you know, the alcohol and drug abuse side of things, you know, we, you know, as a leading into a whole slew of other problems. So I really appreciate your, you know, both you and, and Mr. McClure's talking about, um, you know, promoting health and, and healthier living and natural immunity is, is really a strong way to go. Um, short of that, though, that takes time. And one of the things this doctor talked about is it takes as much time to reverse some of the damage you've done over the decades with your diet as it took to get there with some with some certain things. So you're not going to turn people's natural immunity around by, you know, by next month. And when you've got something like the Delta variant flying around, then you have to start looking at other ways of slowing the, the transmissions. Uh, so, yeah, I know you and I probably differ a little bit about the vaccine safety. And, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to pick on you specifically about confirmation bias. That message was also somewhat for my fellow board members <laughs> because I think they go the other way. And, and, Frankly, they're leaning towards mandates for um, some things that I that I really don't agree with, and I, I think it's really a bad message. Um, you know, our governor has gotten into mandating for healthcare workers and is talking about maybe revising the law so law enforcement also has to get you know the vaccine or lose their job. Uh, to me, that leads to a situation like they had today at, at Peace Health, where 9% of their workforce didn't show up today because they're not vaccinated. Um, and they all left their shoes yeah. out there on the, the front step of Peace, Peace Health Hospital, basically saying, here's the shoes you got to fill. Yeah. Like I said, I, I appreciate your voice. Oh, sorry. I, I appreciate your voice of reason. And I, and I did pick up on that. And uh, I heard, heard a rumor that there's actually going to be another uh, demonstration outside Peace Health that's going on right now this, this evening, if anybody's driving by there on Gateway. But, um, yeah, you know, the thing that gets me, and, and this wasn't so much uh, anything the commissioner said, but uh, in personal conversations, you know, I've been called selfish for supporting medical autonomy. And I think that whole yeah. definition of selfish rubs me the wrong way, that, you know, one claim, or the claim that one viewpoint of public health you know, putting that on a pedestal above all others, you know, factors in our social contract, it ignores the costs and trade-offs that, that have been identified. And, um, you know, I, I think that individuals that value freedom or liberty or, or a number of other factors that aren't being included in this conversation, they're not being selfish. They're, they have different priorities. But those are things that they think are important to, to a functioning society that, that would be the, the benefit of our collective more than uh, necessarily putting this one factor above all others. And, and I think we have to look at all those factors to, to not do that where we're selling ourselves short. Yeah. yeah. And it just it, it amazes me that the same people that want to ban concealed carry in public buildings because people are afraid about concealed carry people might be in there with them when there virtually has been almost no crime and shootings by somebody that holds an Oregon concealed weapons license. <laughs> Yet they completely deny the, the rights of folks that are afraid of putting something in their body they don't trust. 
you know, and, and mandate, and they want to mandate that they do that. And it's like, well, the fear of a concealed weapon you can't see <laughs> and has no history of causing causing an issue is something that's to be recognized and honored, yet the fear of putting that vaccine in your body that some people don't trust is to be dismissed and called selfish. Yeah, that doesn't that seem does. right. Yeah, with the concealed with the concealed carry, I'd bring that full circle back to your fireworks that, that you started the, the show on. And, uh, you know, criminals are going to break the law. And if, if you criminalize concealed carry, that's not going to stop criminals from having a gun. And if you if you criminalize fireworks, that's not going to do anything. The, the, the big fireworks that were going to cause fires, are, they were already illegal and they were already being used. So I don't see yeah. how – how more laws is, is going to fix a problem with, with illegal use of something. And, and we saw yeah. that. We saw that with the drug war, and we decided to, to have a different approach. But, um, you know, when you have that different approach, you do need to put the resources to it still. It doesn't just make everything go away just because crimes aren't being reported. Uh, they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> we just, um, you know, we can't just ignore them. They won't just go away. So I don't know. Well, Harry, thank you for, for calling in and having a conversation. And, uh, you know, we both at least agree on one thing, and that's about the, the right of people to make their own choices relative their, to their health care. Um, and, and I think that's something we'll, we'll consider our, our common ground and something I will keep defending. Uh, like I, I've said in multiple Facebook posts, I think it's a good idea for people to get vaccinated if they can, because I do know people that um, had really bad reactions because they have a really bad allergy problems um, to the to the shot. And I wouldn't encourage them to get the second shot or have to get any additional shots. Um, and, and there are other reasons why people can't get the shot. But um, if, if you can and you're healthy enough, um, you know, I, I do think it provides a good defense. You know, Everybody I, I know that has gotten COVID, at least in my personal circles, has been unvaccinated. Um, and, and, and I have a friend that's on a ventilator right now. So it's not a good thing. It's a serious disease. Um, yeah, good, good health habits first, vaccine second. Um, but I'll never ask you or, or, or threaten you with the loss of your job and livelihood to get you to have a vaccine. So well, that will thanks, both agree. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I wish the best for your friend that, that's on the ventilator. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and I do appreciate, you know, your uh, making yourself available to the community like this. It's incredible. I, I, you know, I wish we had this access to, to all of our elected officials. Um, that's, that's a rare thing this day and age. So thank, thank you very much. I, and I appreciate you. Thank you, and it's why I do the show. Thanks for calling, Harry. All right. Now, see that? Harry knows that all you have to do is call the show and take the topic where you want to go. So if you don't want to talk about COVID or fireworks or freedom and liberty, um, just give me a call, 646-721-9887, and just press 1. That lets me know you want to get in on the show. Again, that's 646 646- 721-9887. Just press one. That lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in and talk, not just call in and listen like some people do. So 
you know, I want to keep talking about COVID a little bit more um, because, you know, this idea of mandates, you know, and I started to, to mention this with Harry in our conversation, but I want to go a little bit further. The situation at Peace Health, all those people that are vaccine reluctant out there, completely against vaccination, you know, there's, there's a spectrum out there. Um, they see these healthcare workers now, because of the mandate that Peace Health put out there, publicly state that they don't trust the vaccine and they're not going to get it. And then, you know, constantly in the news, like they're in the news today, they were in the news with, you know, over and over and over again, medical professionals refusing to get the vaccine. How much confidence did that generate in the general public in the vaccine in Lane County? That mandate that Peace Health put in there. How costly do you think that was on the people, you know, for trying to get the people that might have been on the fence about the vaccine to actually decide that the vaccine's safe, to, to bring that to light and to focus on that. And I will apologize. I don't know what is in my, in Louis's <laughs> little brain today, but he is giving me a fit in the background here. And my wife's out of town traveling for work in the COVID era on an airplane uh, in Chicago. Uh, and uh, I'm stuck having to try and deal with a dog while I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> the era of COVID. Um, so, you know, I, I, this, this thought that we should have, you know, encourage employers to put mandates on their employees in a time when our governor has basically directed, you know, her executive branch and the folks at the Oregon Unemployment Department to come out and say up front that they felt people that lost their jobs because of a vaccine mandate that they refused to adhere to would not be eligible for unemployment. So we're encouraging employers to put on mandates, and then we're telling people that even though when they were hired on that job that didn't require that vaccine, the change in the employment conditions to requiring a vaccine causing the loss of job is ineligible for unemployment they've been paying into for years. Can you say coercion? They're basically threatening people with their livelihoods and, and, and families with their ability to keep a roof over their head and groceries on the table because they're, you know, they're going to take away their jobs and they're not going to allow them to have unemployment. Yet, if you were one of the people early on in this pandemic and you were just afraid to go to work, you qualified for unemployment and then extended unemployment and the extra $300 a month and all that good stuff and rent relief and you name it. Do you remember that? All the people that left their jobs early on in the pandemic just because they, they were afraid or they claimed they had a family member that had, had conditions that might make them vulnerable or whatever else, and they were allowed to claim unemployment. In fact, they're really liberal in the first part, six months of this, and giving just about anybody unemployment. And now, all of a sudden, you're going to tell people you have to have a vaccine, you have to put something in your body that you may or may not trust, 
And granted, you know, Pfizer did get their FDA final approval finally, but everybody else is still under an emergency use. But you're going to put that in your body and, and you know, as I mentioned this to, to some people recently, FDA approval to me is not the, the, the world's greatest thing because how many times do you get on Facebook and there's an ad for, you know, did you use this hernia mesh? Did you use this drug? We're putting a class action lawsuit together because of the side effects of this device or this drug that had FDA approval. And now there's this huge lawsuit over side effects. So I blame people that that don't want to get vaccine. I I I, I encourage them to, to get as much information as they can from you know medical professionals, their friends that have gotten the vaccine, what kind of reactions they might have had. Um, 370 million doses in the U.S. issued so far. And you know, how many serious adverse vaccine reactions do we know about? Very few in comparison to 370 million. So that's, you know, the status of things. But but to threaten people's livelihoods, tell them they're not going to get unemployment, something they've been paying into, you know, the employers have been paying into, uh, you know, just boggles my mind. It, it, it's such a, a transgression against freedom and liberty. And it's such a use of force. And that's one of the things, you know, I, my basic philosophy is as a libertarian. And the basic principle of libertarianism is, is, is to minimize the use of force. You know, that it, you know, using force is wrong. You're supposed to, you know, gain whatever, you know, compensation, you know, through a, a mutual agreement between two consenting adults for, you know, if I'm, I'm contributing my time to somebody and I'm getting an hourly wage for it, I've, I've agreed to that wage, you know, and I'm a consenting adult and all that stuff. No one's forcing me to work. You know, and telling me this is all I'm going to get. You know, but when you start using threat of loss of job along with no unemployment benefit, that's pretty coercive. You know, and it, it's against the basic principles of this country that were founded founded on liberty, the blessings of liberty. Where have I heard that phrase before? Oh, yeah, in the preamble of our Constitution. Yeah. Um, it just is mind-boggling to me that our governor's gone there. You know, it, it's bad enough they're mandating the wearing a mask. You know, I, I still think we can encourage people to do that, and there's always going to be people that won't. But, you know, if you're wearing your mask, you don't have to worry so much about people that aren't. Um, So, I don't know. It's just, it's strange times. And it seems like uh, very strange in some ways. And it was, you know, even scarier in some ways 
you know, I want to go back to the fireworks conversation we had as a board. You know, I wasn't there, but I went back and rewatched the, the board. When I miss a board meeting, I watch it, uh, you know, the, the webcast later on because I want to see what happened, hear what people said, hear the public comment. Um, you know, I listened to um, the entire board meeting, and I listened to Commissioner Lori Trieger's comments during the fireworks discussion. And she basically said that this was the first step in her efforts to eliminate the use of fireworks, period, as a method of celebrating anything in the in the US. That she just felt like fireworks were, were wrong and bad, and she knew she couldn't go straight to a year-round band and, and uh, of all fireworks. Um, so that this one piece of banning it during fire season for fire reasons was like the nose under the camel's tent for her. And she basically described the progressive um, inner conversation of how she was going to get to ultimately completely banning fireworks. And people wonder why they call her and some of her fellow commissioners and other people around the state progressives. Because that's the way they look at things. They're going to progressively change things away from, you know, what you think society is today. They're going to take your freedoms away a little bit at a time. And eventually, we're going to be China. Where you ask the government permission to do anything. And if the government decides you've done something outside of their norms, oh, boy, look out now. So, you know, just beware of that little erosion of your freedom and liberty. Vaccine mandate. Now, I I don't have a problem so much of a private employer imposing one. I, I, I don't encourage them to, but if they do... They're a private employer, and they have some of those rights as controlling their own workplace. I really have a problem when it happens on the public side of things, when the government mandates something. That is a true violation of the Constitution and freedoms. And, you know, it gets to the reason why I was on the wrong side of a 4-1 vote yesterday, we sent a letter to the governor from our, you know, eventually the board chair ended up signing it, um, that the first sentence basically commended the governor for how she's handling the COVID crisis. And I pointed out that the governor's exercising emergency powers that were never considered to be granted to her by our constitution or the legislature. And it's just the only reason it hasn't been, you know, come become ripe in court was the, the one really good lawsuit was thrown out by a partisan um, judge in Multnomah County for not having standing uh, at the time. But you know what? For new vaccine mandates for healthcare workers, there's going to be some standing, Governor. And I have a feeling that your whole emergency authority that you keep granting yourself and extending is going to collapse like a house of cards. Because you should have, within 30 days, 
called a special session of the legislature and had them extend the emergency and grant you your emergency powers. Everything she's doing right now is extra constitutional. Whether you agree it was the correct thing to do or not, it's being done without the correct legislative authority. Now, yesterday, the Lane County Commissioners extended our emergency. We did it the right way, though. Our board chair didn't self-declare himself king of Lane County and extend the emergency and give himself powers to, to, to do things around the county. We had a vote of the full board as called for in our county charter and code to extend that emergency. Where has been the vote of the legislature to extend the emergency here in Oregon and to continue the governor's extraordinary power she's exercising right now? Little erosions of liberty, little erosions of our constitution, progressivism, Every day they do that, we lose some of our freedom and liberties, and we go from being America to China eventually. Wake up, folks. Call your legislators. Force them to have a special session to give the governor her authorities. Or, you know, I hope those folks that lost their jobs at Peace Health contact um, the, the attorney that was involved in that, that Multnomah County lawsuit and, and sue the governor because you've got a great thing going there and she will actually be personally liable because she knowingly has continued doing this because she's aware of the lawsuits that said that she's wrong for what she's done extending those emergencies. So Go forth, folks. But yeah, I, you know, it just amazes me and it makes me shake my head with how we're just giving away our freedoms over the fear of COVID in some ways. And if, if, I, if Louis doesn't shut up, I'm going to have to get up and, and do something here. I don't know if that you can hear that in the background or not, Robin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's really mad because I shut him inside and there was a squirrel out in one of our trees and, and he's just been squirrel, 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 squirrel. <laughs> yep. Louie, stop. Excuse me, audience, while I try and get my dog under control. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, so... The party was pumping in And everybody have an applause Until the fellas started calling This way to let the dogs out uh, <laughs> So um, let's change topics a little bit Let's get away from COVID Oh no, let's not I got one last thing to say about COVID in fact, I've got two, a couple last things to say about COVID. I've put this into my, my show promo, and I want to say this out loud for a lot of the folks, particularly some of the folks around Florence that are going all up in arms with the local school board there and elsewhere. 
your local school board is not the problem when it comes to mask mandates for children. They cannot change that. If they choose to not enforce it, they will lose their funding from the state. So you will not have a school system, more or less. And teachers that refuse to enforce it will lose their credentials from the state and won't be able to teach. Can you say coercion again? They are holding a gun to the school board's heads from Salem, basically saying you will comply or else. And there's nothing the school boards can do about that. They have no authority to make that change. Yes, they might be able to send a letter to the governor objecting or whatever that doesn't do much good. But what you need to do is you should be contacting other parents and hold a rally in Salem that, you know, makes the Timber Unity rally look like something small. Don't go after your local school board members. And, and I can't believe that one school superintendent got fired over this. How is he going to have control over that? It's like getting mad at your local sewer department because EPA threw a new requirement into the mix that cost the sewer department more money to treat your sewage and your rates went up. The local sewer department can't violate those EPA rules. It's like asking your local water board to tell the, the licensed operators of a water system, oh, don't worry about that drinking water standard. Go ahead and let, the, we'll violate that one for a couple days to save some money or because we just don't like that particular requirement. What do you think is going to happen? You need to go to EPA or the folks that set the drinking water standards over those issues. Going to your school board over something that the governor and Salem are doing does no good. All it does is stress out a bunch of school board members that might actually be pretty good school board members otherwise and, and make them resign, quit, and, and go away, and you're going to be scrambling to try and fill school board seats in a couple of years. Place your ire where it belongs. If you're mad about the mask mandates for schools, contact the governor, go to Salem, hold a rally there. Your local school board can't do anything about it. If they do, they'll basically, you know, lose their funding from the state, which that's the only way schools are get paid for around here. And they threaten the credentials of all the teachers and principals and superintendents that would allow them to do their jobs. So uh, just one of those things I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, all the school board this, school board that. It's not your school board. Don't get mad at the local utility for something the federal government's doing to them. You should be getting mad at your Congress people and the federal government. Don't get mad at your school board over something the governor and Salem are doing. Get mad at the governor in Salem. Which leads me to, you know, the fact that I even put the word at the point of a gun figuratively in my post. I actually had somebody contact me to say that I should take that out of my post or, or they, you know, 
basically lost their vote because in, in the way society is today, I shouldn't use that wording. You know, it's like, oh, my God. If you're upset about the fact that I said at the point of a gun, figuratively, I probably didn't have your vote in the first place. Uh, it just amazes me how hypersensitive people are this day and age on social media. So enough of COVID. That was the last two things I want to talk about. School boards, point of a gun. <laughs> ah, geez. Ah. Can't believe you can't use some terms nowadays. It just, it, you know, without getting somebody upset. I mean, get a grip, folks. Take a pill. Chill out. <laughs> it's words. They're not going to hurt you. Just like that concealed carry person in the same room with you that you don't know has a gun is never going to hurt you, probably. Oh, well. But. We've got other things going on around here. I have to talk about Afghanistan a little bit. I'm sorry. I know you're probably tired of hearing about it, but I was gone during that whole period. I have to say a few things. But before I do, and switching subjects, I'll give you guys a chance to chime in again. 646-721-9887. Just press 1 to get in on the show. Again, that's 646-721-9887. And that just that allows... Robin, to know you want to get on the show by pressing one. Um, so that was a cluster in Afghanistan. It still is. And I can't believe that there was some attempt to place the blame for this on the Trump administration. I was never a fan of the Afghan war. Um, Beyond the fact of going in there and trying to to strike, you know, the, the fear of of God into the into the Taliban and some of the folks that were helping um, Bin Laden and the terrorists from 9/11. Beyond that, we should have gotten the hell out of there. Um, I was never a fan of nation building. It's a neoconservative uh, you know, effort that you know. Bush, Cheney, uh, one of the places I completely disagreed with that administration. So I'll put that out, out there out front. We shouldn't have been in there in the first place. So I was happy to hear we were pulling out um, uh, and the Trump administration had a, had a plan pull out. The problem was and is that plan pull out would have happened by springtime before a lot of the snows melted off the passes in Afghanistan. One of the things you have to understand about Afghanistan is the country gets pretty chopped up in the wintertime because you can't move around really well because of the high mountain passes that exist in that country, and particularly for where the Taliban strongholds were in that country or secluded in some of those mountainous areas. So there's basically two seasons in Afghanistan, winter and fighting season. Well, the Biden administration, in its wisdom, decided to delay the pullout in a political move to try and take some of the credit away from the Trump administration and make it look like Biden's pullout. 
Well, the stupid thing was, instead of delaying it a full year till the next winter time, they delayed it so it happens towards the end of the summer when it's the easiest to move around the country. So instead of, you know, having some time, and, and also in advance of that, they gave up Bagram Air Base, a very defensible airfield because of the way it's surrounded by hills, and left only the Kabul Airport as, as their only evacuation route, air route. You could see the cluster going to happen with some of that decision making. And sure enough, you know, the the unpredicted, supposedly unpredicted, you know, almost immediate takeover of the country by the Taliban during fighting season and, and, and the loss of all of our military equipment to the Taliban, um, you know, was almost predictable. And it just amazes me now we're, quote, quote, declaring victory over that. It just was the biggest cluster. I, I feel so bad for the families and the of the servicemen that lost their lives in that, in that suicide bombing. I feel so bad for all of the folks that actually helped our forces while we we're trying to nation build, which was one of the things that nation building causes problems with, because now now you've you've. You've made two sides, the side that you were fighting to try and do the nation building and the side that helped you. And when you walk out and let the other side win, everyone that helped you now is a, going to become a victim. Um, I, I just want to say it was just a colossal, colossal cluster. And, and I won't use the, the full term, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And, uh, it just amazes me that people are actually going, see, Biden cleaned up the Republicans' mess. Are you kidding me? Actually, Trump was going to clean up the Republicans' mess. You know, there's one of the few, you know, I didn't always agree with President Trump either. Most people know that. But uh, he, yeah, the one place he was right was in some of his, his, his foreign policy around you know, involvement of our troops in, in country and unfriendly countries. He's not the one that got us involved in Syria. He's the one that backed us out of a lot of that involvement. So um, I just had to have a little bit to say about that because it just wasn't here at the time. And by the way, Joe, do you know what time it is, Mr. Biden, uh, President Biden? Uh, yeah, you don't look at your watch in the middle of a ceremony of, of fallen soldiers coming off an air, airplane at the airport. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know that was, you know, what's sad is that was probably just a, a muscle reflex reaction. You know, to, you know, a lot of people glance at their watches just occasionally. Particularly, you know, if I got an Apple Watch that buzzes at me a lot of times with little alerts and notices, so it's easy to just flip your your eyes to it. Um, by the way, Louis on camera now. <laughs> um, but even so, 
when you've been a politician for that long and a public person for as long as Joe Biden has, you should have gotten to the point where you don't look at your watch during public events. It's bad camera footage. It's just wrong, which leads me to believe maybe it's not quite all there that he was, you know, had you know, willing to do that at that time. Got to wonder. Of course, I wouldn't look forward to President Kamala. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. Speaking of progressive, I don't know. Sometimes it's just really interesting what goes on in this country. So, you know, we've got COVID stuff going on. We've got fireworks bans. We've got mistakes made internationally by our country. What else can we talk about? We could talk about the homeless. (laughs) Having a cheerful topic there. Yeah, Harry almost got us into that. And he's right. It's something where, you know, where the news is, we're dominating our news and our attention so much on COVID. We're ignoring things that are huge problems in our society right now. You know, under, underneath all of this right now is a crisis that's starting to happen in local governments here in, in Oregon of funding our parole and probation departments. because the legislature has underfunded us in many ways. And those are the folks that help folks that committed crimes, usually driven by addiction and mental health issues, get back on the straight and narrow and not reoffend. So while we're so busy, focused on COVID, focus on this, focus on that, there's a brewing problem right now and trying to fund our public safety systems that include a lot of the addiction treatment as part of our restorative justice programs and our diversion programs. You know, that's where we need some of this funding to go. Some of this art money and some of the, you know, whatever else, you know, we need to think about taking care of some of those issues. We're still one of the worst states in the country for access to mental health care. And Measure 110 diverted a whole bunch of money out of the out of marijuana taxes to supposedly go for treatment and education, all that stuff. And I agree with Harry. Where's the ads about that? Instead, we're seeing some goofy guy dressed in a beach ball try and get on a bus, you know? Yeah, we should be dealing with some of the really big problems. Not that COVID's not a big problem, but it sure seems that it's drawing our attention away from from some issues that we really need to take care of. Louis, stop it. Sorry. (laughs) This has been an interesting show. So, Robin, yeah, why don't, why don't you hit up a little who let the dogs out? Maybe I should go let the dogs out. <laughs> then I could finish the show without my attention divided. Oh, my. Yeah, so 
been an interesting several weeks, you know, where we, you know, we're losing our liberties piece by piece, you know, and this is a funny one. You know, I spent a couple shows last fall and winter talking about our floodplain ordinance and how bad it was and how damaging it was going to be, et cetera. Well, guess what came back to the Board of Commissioners yesterday for first reading? It's amending our flood paid ordinance. And what are they doing? They're deleting a whole section out of there that I told them was going to be problematic from the very get-go. Can I say, I told you so? When staff comes and says, oh, we're deleting this because we get it, it's, yeah, we just, it's problematic. It's like, oh, yeah. Didn't I say that when we were trying, you know, we were trying to get ready to adopt it and I I wanted to have it deleted then because it wasn't something required by FEMA and it wasn't something that was in, in the, in the model code from the state. It was something written out of whole cloth, basically pushed by environmentalists to try and make it really difficult for people to build along rivers and waterways and lakes because they don't think you should be allowed to have a house out there. Um, And it's just, uh, it's one of those things where shake your head, here they are back again, you know, having to eliminate that language. They got to clarify a bunch of other stuff. Um, They should have just left damn well alone and done the minimum they needed to do to keep our, our, our flood insurance program healthy because we already have enough on the books to protect people from flooding with new construction. Most of the stuff that's in the floodway or floodplain right now was built long before there was a flood insurance program. So just one of those little interesting things that happened in the board of commissioners meeting um, yesterday was just, we're going to be holding a hearing on that another couple weeks um, and you know on top of that we have uh, other things going on around the county like um, $15 minimum wages and you know just all sorts of things we can talk about you know not approving a quarry just because we thought, you know, quarries bad, you know, environmentalists don't like them. And it wasn't so much a choice between approving and not approving. The choice was between not approving and reopening the record and allowing the the process to continue uh, a little bit further along. And our board chose just to shut it down. Now, mind you, Almost everything we do in society involves aggregate today in some form, whether it's gravel, asphalt, concrete, it's all got aggregate in it. Um, and that ends up under buildings, roadways, and whatever else. So when you don't have distributed aggregate resources around the county, you truck it to where you need it. Hmm. Trucking, greenhouse gases. I thought these folks were environmentalists. It just, it, yeah. What it really comes down to is these people just want to 
shut, stop society where we are now, have our population shrink somehow or another, and and go back to a population that was like pre-1950 or something, uh, you know, is, is, their, is their dream. At the same time, being in complete control of your life, your health decisions, and where you live, what kind of transportation you take, you know, is all going to be uh, these these um, super educated, uh, you know, folks that are going to make those decisions for you because you're just not smart enough to exercise your own individual freedoms and liberty. You know, when it comes down to, you know, what kind of car you drive, they want to force you to get into an electric car. When it comes down to how you want to heat your house, well, you can't use gas anymore. You know, when it, you know, so many things, they're going to tell you what you're going to do with your life because they know better than you do. Hi, Robin. Can you hear Louie having a fit? How are you, Jay? Good. <laughs> I want to throw another one that uh, was the Oregon, Washington, possibly Idaho, Idaho you can't buy anymore. A gaming computer. I saw that. I was telling one of our employees, Bill, um, is a big gamer. And I said, did you realize that you can't get the new Dell Alienware computer? Because it uses too much energy, and it's banned in Oregon and Washington State right now. Yeah, so much for uh, bit mining. Yeah, yeah, bit mining or whatever else. But still, it's like, again, they know better than you do. You know, they, they, this this progressive elite, you know, wants to have a bunch of bureaucrats making all your decisions for you because. You're not capable. You can't negotiate your own wages. They're going to have to set them for you because they know what a living wage is. You know, go down the list. Everything is about them having control over your life because they know better. And it's because it's what's good for everybody. You know, it's the good of the group, you know, the greater good sort of thing. There has been so much evil done in this world under the banner of the greater good. Every despot in history has used that. Only Jake come back from vacation in, in such a mood. <laughs> All right. I want to just thank everybody for putting up with me ranting for an hour. <laughs> okay. up in a little bit. Back next week with another edition of the Bose Notion. Hopefully, it'll be a happier one. Maybe I'll schedule a guest that will be more cheerful. <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, the same time here. Beautiful downtown Elmira. Have a great week.